We're here. We are the Good Book Boys, and we're here for what is our tenth edition, Alex. Oh my goodness! I did the know Good Book not... Boys podcast. Yes. Did you get me something for our tenth episode? Um, I got you a book to read. Oh, fantastic! So... <laughs> I got you a mug personalized with my name on it. Oh well, um, uh, that uh, I'll enjoy that. Uh, and you would be, of course, Good Book Boy number one. Josh, is that correct? That is correct. And you are good book boy number two, Alex. That, that is correct. And uh, today we are discussing, it's, a, it's an Alex week today. This is a book suggested by, uh, by, by me. Uh, we are reading, or have read, we are discussing, uh, Robert Galbraith, The Cuckoo's Calling. Now, this Robert Galbraith is actually J.K. Rowling, who has... I think done a, a book about a magic boy or so like he, he has gla- magic glasses or something. I'm not quite familiar like with that. it. He lives under a staircase. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bit of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. not not, not my sort of bag. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is J.K. Rowling's uh, writing for the first time as Robert Galbraith. As this is the first time she used that pseudonym. Now, of course, on on the front of my book, it's got J.K. Rowling writing as Robert Galbraith as a sticker, which uh, defeats the purpose of a pseudonym, if you ask me. Um, yeah. But what well, do I know? I don't know what the choice, what what the decision there was. I think that it would have been more interesting if, um, like, I mean, it would have it, it would get out and everyone would know. But I think it'd be. Uh, I don't know, more more authentic to to not yeah. be hinting towards who the actual person to ma- is. To maintain the, the illusion of know, Yeah, find out. Well, there's there's this there's this um concept in professional wrestling called kayfabe, which is the the illusion that wrestling is real. And if you mm. do something that breaks character or refers to real life events, it's referred to as breaking kayfabe. Um, okay. And they are breaking kayfabe by just, just putting immediately. Them, like, oh no, this is actually this is actually J.K. Rowling. <laughs> um, now, before before we begin, I should I should um, just have a little disclaimer here. Um, shortly after we recorded a previous episode in which I nominated uh, this book because uh, it was on my shelf, I thought what a good chance to read it with my good friend Josh. Um, uh, J.K. Rowling made the news because the latest book in this same series that she started here. Features, I believe, um, the the main character in this in this book, um, hunting down a man who is dressing as a woman to kill other women. Now, no, to kill women. He's a man dressed as a woman killing women. Yep. Now, that's fine. You know, if that's if that's what's in your story, that's whatever. There's all kinds of serial killers out there. It was considered very distasteful because it was seen to be a reflection of previous comments J.K. Rowling has made suggesting that trans women are, in fact, men. I'm paraphrasing. It's not nuanced. They're essentially just men in disguise and they pose a danger to women. So a lot of people saw this this upcoming book of hers as just a a chance for her to sort of explore this this violent fantasy of trans women. Now, I think we can both find those views uh, quite objectionable and uh, quite reprehensible, um, but we will try and not let that affect our judgment of the book as we do always we we analyze it as a book trying not to bring in outside outside elements is that yes. fair yeah we'll we'll keep uh we'll keep the author herself and um the book uh, itself uh, as separate as we can yes and i've just realized the irony of of her presenting men dressed as women as a danger in a book where she is writing as a man there's there's some sort of paradox there i can't work it out anyway josh 
how'd you go reading reading Robert Galbraith's The Cuckoo's Calling? Yes, um, it was a, it was a pleasant time. This mm. this book, I think, it clocks in at 550 pages, which, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken, might be one of the longest in our in our ten so I, far. If, yeah, bit, bit lengthy. Uh, what's your you know what's your experience with the detective genre? I haven't read a huge like I'm not I'm definitely not um, a Junkie. constant. Yeah, a constant returner to the genre. I think, you know, I've read your Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Um, I've listened to a few um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, stories, which he's mm-hmm. credited as being kind of the creator of the genre. Murder in the, the genre. Walk, I believe. Yes, um, with his uh, detective Dupont. Dupont, um, yes. But outside of that, really... I can't think of any other specifically crime fiction detective novels that I've dug into. I mean, I don't know if you could count kind of the the Hardy Boys or um, mm. you know those kind of young yeah, children young novels in that. sort of things. Yeah, Famous yeah. Five, that sort of Famous thing. Five. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not a veteran in in the genre by any means. Mm. Um, have you read much in, in No, honestly, even less, less less than you. It's you know, I, I love a good Sherlock Holmes. Um but I think a lot of that is is the appeal of the the character himself. Um yep. it's maybe not so much the the not so much the the crime itself, it's it's working out how this, this guy's mind works, which of course is why Sherlock Holmes is so famous. Um, um but yeah, I, I guess I always had the impression that I always see it as a genre where it's it's always this sort of wounded, you know, psychologically troubled um, male figure who always gets wrapped up into this this world. He, you know, he's sort of over his head in. Um, and I think this sort of does reflect that some of that. But I was, you know, pleasantly surprised with the way it sort of uh, subverted my expectations. I mean, yep. before we, we won't get into our ratings at the end, but did you in, enjoy it? I did. I did. I think um... – what I wanted to kind of say off the bat here is, whilst we kind of we we uh, we uh, nudged each other in ribs and referenced her previous writing um, mm. of of Harry Potter, um, mm. that's definitely something that has, I mean, you can't really argue it has really impacted that kind of fancy uh, yeah. fantasy genre and has really influenced all the writing coming after it. That's come since. Um, yeah. I don't think this novel is doing that in the crime fiction genre so if you're coming across from jk rowling's previous writings and in mm. looking for something that's really pushing the envelope of the genre that she's she's chosen i think you might be slightly disappointed in the sense that i feel like it's fairly in in the tradition it doesn't take too many crazy risks mm. um but that's not to say that it's not a well-written well-done story in and of itself yeah um I think that's fair. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's fair. And, um, you know, and that, that may be, you know, part of the reason. Look, I'm sure we could find this information if we if we did our research. But maybe the part of, of, of choosing that pseudonym is to just be another detective fiction writer who writes these yeah, to get solid, away from... solid, you know, um, enjoyable books without, you know, expecting multi-billion dollar franchises to spring out of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I found you know the main the main detective is kind of fairly fairly classic in the sense that he's down on his luck, mm-hmm. had some sort of military or police background, mm-hmm. 
you know, we open the novel, it's no surprise really that his relationship is in ruins and he's, you know, financially destitute. So that kind of setup is, I feel, fairly classic of your male detective. Yeah. But... I don't think that really takes away from the experience in the end. Um, I think that the main character, Strike, Cormoran Strike, it's an interesting name. I think that, you know, he was strong enough of a character to keep you invested. Um, They obviously, uh, Robert Galbraith, brings in um, Robin as kind of the... Yes, the the reader proxy, if you will. Yeah, the reader proxy, the Watson to the Holmes. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, something that's quite, you know charted ground um but it works having that um lens to to see things through and to bounce off i think one of my major criticisms with this novel mm-hmm. is that the characters whilst they mm-hmm. aren't completely surface level mm-hmm. i think they're f- they're kind of like a set chessboard if you know what i mean they're kind mm-hmm. of they're they're sitting there they're all playing their part yeah. but they don't do much beyond that um, so besides maybe besides maybe Robin and Coroman, they're all just sort of set pieces for him to interact with. Yeah, yeah, and they've got their their you know anti-heroes yep. to their hero type thing. Um, each character's kind of got the other another character somewhere that's playing off um, off them and that sort of thing. But um, how did you find the the plot and how it unfolded? Seeing well, as that's I'll, the main yeah. kind of driver towards any detective fiction. Well, I'll, I'll take us to the blurb um, for those who aren't familiar with the story. Um, I don't know if you've got a similar copy. I don't think you do, judging from what I saw. But my, my blurb is, <clears throat> when a troubled model falls to her death from a snow-covered Mayfair balcony, it is assumed that she has committed suicide. However, her brother has his doubts and calls in private investigator Coroman Strike to look into the case. Strike is a war veteran, wounded both physically and psychologically, and his life is in disarray. The case gives him a financial lifeline, but it comes at a personal cost. The more he delves into the young model's complex world, the darker things get and the closer he gets to terrible danger. A gripping, elegant mystery steeped in the atmosphere of London, from the hushed streets of Mayfair to the backstreet pubs of the East End to the bustle of Soho, The Cuckoo's Calling is a remarkable book. Introducing Coroman Strike, this is the acclaimed first crime novel by J.K. Rowling, writing under the pseudonym Robert Gallup Wraith. I think, look... There's no sort of um, how do I put this uh, with a with with a blurb like that, and I understand why they do it. They've got to make it seem as exciting as it is. You know, the, the case gives him a financial lifeline, but it comes at a personal cost. The more he delves into the young model's complex world, the darker things get, and the closer he gets to terrible danger. I mean, it's not maybe quite as dramatic as. Uh, as it's being made out. Yes, that was my thought as you were reading the blurb there, is that you never really feel the tangible danger that Strike is in, necessarily. There's no, I mean, there's no, this isn't a criticism, it's not meant to be sort of an an action book, but, you know, Mm. there's no, you know, chases or, or... or fights on rooftops or anything. And there's no sort of big global conspiracy that this, this character stumbles in. It is very much a, a crime that is, you know, understandable. And I think it's quite a, I think definitely the case he gets is quite interesting. Would you agree? Like, did you enjoy finding out that this, this model's death, um, this character that's, that's, that dies at the start. Did you enjoy that? I don't think I was ever, I was never bored um, with, 
what was going on and you know it like a good detective fiction novel it does make you want to read the next chapter and just discover a little more um and i think all the things that you were saying just then really play to the the um, positive elements of the novel in the fact that it is a realistic book in the sense that um yeah you don't have any of these grand slightly disbelievable or unbelievable um no shadowy villains or or, you know james bond villains or anything yeah it's very much what you know the way that strike goes around doing his detective work and uh speaking with suspects and and people and relate relatives of of the deceased that um you know is something that you'd expect would happen in a normal police inquiry um and you know the whole of the novel is pretty pretty believable which i think is a big plus I, th- I I would agree with that. Definitely, it's believable. There's no point where you're like, oh, come on. Like, you know, there's no there's no none of those moments which. And again, this isn't a criticism on the on the authors who use this trope. Um, and they're quite enjoyable sometimes. But, you know, no no real moments, at least that I can remember, where um the detective hears something and it triggers back a memory to to something else and suddenly the whole all the pu- pieces of the puzzle come yeah together he doesn't have like a jimmy neutron moment <laughs> yeah it is very much you know him him formulating his evidence and um yep. getting these tiny little fragments and um i think that's that's a that's a credit to uh Galbraith, um mm. that he was able to to I mean that would be the hardest part I think if I was to sit down and write a detective story how to make these scenes of him gathering evidence and you know a lot of it is Coram and Strike sitting down and having conversations with suspects or or you know people of interest and that would be very hard to to make engaging I think yes yeah I agree um, and I think especially without these um characters that that strain believability and are fantastic with a very sort of grounded cast of characters it's it's an achievement that he's able to to um yeah craft you know craft the story with with what could be very very boring pieces of conversation i think it was very well done and i never really i never felt bored it's, yes it's, it's the yeah. long winded way of, of, of saying what i did now a question that i want to put to you mm-hmm. um and this doesn't necessarily take away from my experience of reading the book but I don't know if you found this, but I – you know how it's kind of the unspoken rule that when you read something like this, a detective fiction or whatever, um, you're kind of supposed to – or it's part of the fun to be guessing who's the person who did it the whole way? Yes, yes. Did you find that you were doing that? Because I kind of found that I was like, well, I know it's going to be one of these. And yeah. I kind of didn't really care who. And I was just happy to go along for the ride and then – kind of see where it ended up um mm. i didn't really feel the pull for that whole game of being like oh is it this person it's, or is yeah. it that person um did you how did you find that experience so i will say i was um pleasantly surprised by by the outcome mm-hmm. um i didn't anticipate you know the who done it i was i was you know pleasantly surprised by that outcome i didn't see it coming but yep. i do know what you mean um and maybe that's maybe that's um, part of trying to write it more realistically. Yeah. The book never leads you to believe it's one person, and then swerves you and presents you with someone else. It does very much give you, you know, there's there's quite a lot of these secondary characters, mm. and I guess there's never. It's not like it's not like a you know game of Cluedo where you've got these these people and they've all got their different motivations. Again, a lot of it was very much. 
pieced together, I think, as I think a private investigator would, just getting these little scraps of evidence and sort of formulating a story about it. But you're right in that it doesn't it doesn't pull you in to make assumptions about one character or another, um, which I think when done well is very, very good. But I, I, I was OK. I was I was fine with with how the suspects were presented. I mean, you know, there's 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 no moment where the character go oh it's got to be this guy you know it's definitely yeah. this guy um which i think is good because that in a detective story you're you're inclined to believe you know you're expecting a surprise at the end so if, if someone says oh it's definitely this guy you're not you know. as well it's obviously not that <laughs> guy not that um guy. so i I, 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 I enjoyed i enjoyed finding out who did it i think the resolution was quite clever and again i didn't i didn't see it coming but yeah as as is as you know it makes sense you know, yep. when it's all sort of laid out for you, you know, it makes it makes perfect sense. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I, I, I didn't find it a, a fault per se. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, another another thing that I found, I think um, when I said earlier about how the characters were kind of set pieces, I think my main reason why I got into that headspace was because of Robin's character. Um, okay. And it's it's just because the first chapter is in Robin's headspace mm-hmm. um, and kind of sets up her relationship and things, and that's kind of drawn on throughout the book. But it just kind of felt unnecessary. Okay. Um, I I didn't feel like any of Robin's background was really required um, for the storyline or for the way that she interacted with with strike, which is just one of the the drawbacks um, that I found reading through. Again, like most of the things that I've mentioned, didn't impact my overall experience, but it was just something um, that mm. I noticed as reading through that. Um, yeah, those those interactions between Strike and Robin, where her partner and yeah, and the ba- yeah. her background were kind of coming into play. They just didn't really feel like it was tangible enough to really warrant being there. And look, that could be possibly because obviously this this series has has continued. That mm. could be that it's it's just setting the foundation because we don't get a lot of resolution to either Robin's personal life or Corman's strike. For all it says, um, his life is in disarray. Like we certainly do get hints about why that is, but there's that. That story of his personal life does not run parallel to his professional life. It's not like there's two stories going yeah. on. About it. It's it's very much about the case, and that's for you know it applies to both Robin and Strike. So maybe you know over the course of these sequels we get to see the development of these of both Strike and Robin's relationship and their respective um, romantic relationships. But um, look, I, I, again, I didn't say I wouldn't say it it, it detracted, but there. It, it, it is it is crime fiction at this stage, and there's that this this personal side of it, these demons that we're all fighting. I wouldn't say they're a central part. Of no, they're not the priority. Yeah. No. Hmm. So, what were your overall thoughts, Alex? No, for a long book, I didn't I, I didn't feel bored. Yep. And for a genre, I'm not really that interested in. I enjoyed it. So I've got to consider it a success on that front. Um, and having said that, yeah, look, the only downsides I could give would link to the fact that it's probably not my kind of story. Yeah. But that's not really a criticism. Again, I think if you're into this genre, you're going to find this 
yeah, really, really solid. He's probably the best way to describe it. As you said, it's not groundbreaking. It's not gonna, it's not gonna change detective fiction like Harry Potter changed. No. But it's fantasy. reliable. Very reliable, very solid, and um, I think characters are enjoyable. I, I found them grounded. I didn't find there were no points where it broke, um, you know, the illusion for me. So I'm gonna have to give this. Three and a half stars, which, wait, is Goodreads, do we, we, do we do? We do our five. Are we allowed half? Yeah, uh, you generally don't allow half, but <sighs> I can't, I, I, I'm oh, happy with Okay, half. okay, no, no, I'll stick to my criteria. I'd give it three and a half. Now, the question is, would I go up to three or four? Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. Um, really good, really solid, and I think fans of the genre will be very pleasantly surprised yep nice well what i would add is that there you know at the moment or in the last couple of years in this genre in this uh sort of genre there's been a few things like the girl on the train and gone girl and and things like that that have kind of uh turned a few heads and yes i think uh, for those who find those types of books a little too dark, a little too intense, mm. um, this is definitely going to be more your cup of tea. You're you're never um, completely terrified or disgusted or, or horrified blindsided, of what's going on. Or, or blindsided. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's an enjoyable read and, you know, it's a solid entry in the genre. So if it's something you enjoy, you will enjoy this. Um, I think for me I would give it probably middle of the road, two and a half, mm-hmm. Um and again, the question is, would I go up to three or down to two? Well, I don't know. I don't want to force that on you because that is really that's, that's there's a big difference between two and three. So I, th- I mean, if you want to stick to halves, it's just because I am going to enter this on Goodreads, so I need to have a <laughs> you need to have a solid yeah. entry. Yeah, I think I, I think I'll, I you know I'll I'll be in kind and I'll I'll slide it up to three because uh, cool. it was an enjoyable read and I think that you know I wouldn't. Um, not recommend this to people if it was something that they would be open to reading. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. There's no flaws in the in the book, is there? There's no. nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's a you know it's another book that would be perfect um, as we're coming into summer to sit on the sit on the beach and read if you've got a week away or yeah, you know, like whatever you're doing. Book if you like, which is yeah. not a it's, it's, which is not a diss, you know, it is just. But like you said, it's not Gone Girl. Um, in that there's no the, again the psychological element, of the psychological horror is, isn't yeah. really present in this, which is which is fine. Which not everything has to has to shake your faith in humanity. Absolutely. So, Josh, what else are you reading? So at the moment, um, the second I closed page uh, 550, I picked up page one of a almost a thousand page book again. Um, oh, I yeah. have a I have a problem. You do. Um, and this one is called The Eighth Life. We briefly um, spoke about it outside of the podcast um, mm-hmm. the other day. Um, but I'm finding it quite enjoyable. It's it's kind of like a historical fiction. It's mm-hmm. kind of more on the fiction side of historical mm-hmm. fiction. Um, but it's based in uh, Georgia and Russia. Oh, um, yes. Georgia, yes. the country, not the state. state. Or the um, girl. Or the girl, George. no. Um uh, around the time of the Russian Revolution and through to the First World War, so the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's really interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I'm only at page 140 or something, of, uh, so very early days. Was um, this inspired I'm, by um, Hilary Mantel's trilogy of historical fiction? Is that sort of 
Well, you you know, I'd love to say that it would be, but it really was just I was looking for uh, something to read at the bookshop. The cover caught my eye, and then the mm. the blurb kind of set the wheels in motion because, you know, I have kind of that uh, interest in, in Russian history. And yeah, Russia well, as in Russia, yeah. Um, you know, I've been there. I speak a little bit of the language. So all that combined, I picked up the book, and I'm enjoying it so far. What are you why reading? Don't you, why don't you pick a freaking, like, normal language to learn i don't know it's just uh sometimes you can't help uh, you get bitten by the language bug yeah exactly and answer to your question josh i'm currently reading uh well um currently as we know as i think i've been going through for the whole length of this podcast slowly going through all the james bonds not to thunderball which i think is maybe <laughs> seven or eight now um yep we had a um a death in the franchise recently. We did Sir Sean Connery. Um, you know, Which the, apparently turns out it's a complicated thing to talk about, seeing as it's, there's some uh, unsavory uh, rumours. But again, um, like J.K. I mean, Rowling, we yeah, can keep the you're, yes, you're art exactly and the person right. separate. We can appreciate the fact that Sir Sean Connery um, established the mould um, for what James Bond should be, perhaps even more so than Ian Fleming's original, while not condoning the fact that in two separate interviews 30 years apart, he defended his um, physical abuse of female partners on disciplinary grounds, just like James Bond would have wanted. Um so I'm going through, uh, yeah, I'm to Thunderball now, um, which, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a good romp. It's a good romp. Obviously, got a lot of uh, nonfiction on the burner. Just finished Robert O. Paxton's Anatomy of Fascism. Fascinating, fascinating read and not too, not too long and not too dense. Anyone who's interested in fascism as a historical phenomenon Definitely, rec- I think he's you know he's he's considered the go-to guy for studying um, fascism is Paxton. Um, what else? And of course, you know, while we might as well turn this into uh, the plug section, um, I'm of course going through Urge's uh, Tin- Adventures of Tintin series as part of my uh, the sister podcast to this, uh, Gatsy Talks Tintin. Yep. Season just- one has been wrapped up. Uh, I, I, oh, wait, no, there's one more. There really. will be one bonus episode. So season yeah. one is almost wrapped up. We have just done The Blue Lotus, which is a very important book in the evolution of Tintin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyone who's interested in Tintin or who maybe has heard the name but wants to dig a dip, bit deeper, I highly recommend you check out Gatsy Talks Tintin. What do you I got to plug that. for us? What do you got to plug for us, Joshy? I really don't have anything to plug at the moment. I'm um I've been very lazy. I haven't touched anything on my jazz Instagram for a while. Um fathering and accounting duties have been keeping me far too busy. But maybe sometime in the future I'll get back to to posting about jazz. Because people are starting to say that you hate jazz. Yeah, that's a that's a problematic rumor for my uh, pro jazz it's, instagram it's worse than the sean connery one <laughs> some could say that yeah all right josh i'm i'm dying to know what book will we be discussing when we meet back in uh, could be one week could be six months what book will we be discussing yes well i'm bringing it back to home shores mm-hmm. um we're of course based in australia so we're going to be reading tim winton's the shepherd's hut i um, am not very sure keen uh, Tim never. Winton, I never read any of his. I know he's a seminal Australian novelist, so very keen to crack into some uh, Mr. Winton at long last. Have you read this one before? 
I have not. I'm okay. I'm likewise. I don't think I've read any Tim Winted. I'm keen to give it a shot. I've read his. I don't know if it's his counterpart, but it's probably another Australian author that is um, just as well known. Marcus Zusak. Yes. Read one of his his novels. So um, we're gonna. Was it gonna, Claybridge? Uh, I've got that, um, but I haven't read it. Um, Nor have I. So don't feel like you. You know, you're disappointing me. I haven't read it either. Um, but yes, Tim Winted's The Shepherd's Hut. We'll give it a we'll give it a crack, and we'll. We'll come back and let all of our listeners know what we thought. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at LaTerature underscore. That's L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E underscore. Or you can go to LaTerature.com, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E dot com for a series of podcasts, uh, all of which feature me and uh, one of them which features Josh. Um, Yeah, where can we find you, Josh? I'm at Hot Cup of Jazz. I'm not really posting anything there at the moment, but if you want to get some listening ideas, there is quite a backlog of about two and a half years uh, worth of weekly posts. Um, there is something there that you're bound to enjoy. So go to at Hot Cup of Jazz on Instagram, um, and I'm sure I'll start posting at some point in the future. In the meantime, Next. I am Good Book Boy number two, Alex. And I'm Good Book Boy number one, Josh. Uh, if, if, it, if it ain't a good book, put it back still.